When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Step Back Podcast after a brief hiatus. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reason Sports. We've also got Brady Hawk. You can follow him at Brady Hawk 305. We're going to start going regularly again as we lead up to the playoffs covering the entire NBA. And today what we're going to do is we're going to get into the contenders, the dark horses, and the pretenders as the, the season winds down. Most teams are roughly 12 to 16 games away from the finish line. The Western Conference has never been this cluttered. The Eastern Conference is a little bit clearer, but what we're going to do today is we're going to go across the conferences and take a look at the true contenders, as well as, again, the dark horses and the pretenders as we head into the playoffs. And, of course, injuries factor in to all of this. So we're going to do a short list here of the actual contenders in the NBA. And I think one of the things that's interesting, Brady, as you look at this, is that typically you go into the end of the season and you've got some team that's, like, way ahead in net rating something like that eight you know plus eight plus nine plus ten that doesn't exist right now we've got the boston celtics and the cleveland cavaliers at plus 5.6 the sixers at plus 4.4 the grizzlies even without john morant right now at plus four the nuggets even though mike malone's complaining about their defense at plus 3.9 the bucks at 3.8 they actually have the best record right now but they don't have the best net rating and then you get into some of the 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 surprise candidates the, the kings and the knicks and then you have the Suns at nine, and then you have a play-in team in the Thunder, and they're barely a play-in team at 10th overall before you get to the Nets. The Bulls are out of the playoffs, the Pelicans. It's a mess right now. And so we're going to try to sort of unclutter this situation to look at, okay, who is a real contender when the playoffs start and who is not? And so let's go here. with We're going to go down the list here, and I think actually the way we'll do this is I'll give you a team – you tell me contender, dark horse, or pretender. The Boston Celtics are? Contenders. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Like you said, the East is a little bit easier, I think, than the, when we get to the West. But I think definitely, you just mentioned net rating. It's one of the better, I guess, ratios in terms of offense and defense, in terms of versatility, lineup-wise. Uh, we don't know even what their lineup's going to be, considering who's going to be healthy, specifically in the starting lineup. But either way, uh, there's no doubt they're a contender. And I think that, again, we go through the reasons for it. You have two legitimate stars in Tatum and Brown. You have role players around them in Smart, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Al Horford, some of the other bigs that they plug in there, whether it's Grant Williams or Robert Williams. The coaching problem has not really been a problem this season. Missoula's taken over uh, from Udoka, and everything has actually gotten a little bit more interesting on the offensive end. Their offensive rating is not historic like it was early in the season, but it's fourth in the NBA 
and their defensive rating is fourth in the NBA. So they're they're right there in both. They've gone through a couple of sort of valleys this season, but they're still a contender. I'm going to put them as a contender also. So we'll go through this list together. All right, the Cleveland Cavaliers to you are contender, dark horse, pretender. I would think, because I'm trying to figure out how we categorize some as like, because, you know, we don't want a long list of actual contenders. I think they're typical dark horse because there's the factor of uh, health, which seems to be the case every time they get in this playoff range. There's always somebody that goes down. I know here in Miami, Jared Allen just got hurt the other day, but it's Donovan Mitchell is just one of those guys that kind of immediately puts you into dark horse territory just because you don't know what you're going to get. We just watched it in Miami the other day, Uh, even though they, he lost absolutely went nuclear and just goes in those modes where you just have to uh, give him the nod. And it's also the perspective of this team is an elite defense. And when it comes down to the playoffs in a certain matchup, they can really play in the mud. And I think in, in terms of teams that can play in the mud, they're up there because they have a defensive unit and they have a like a legit guy that they can consistently go to offensively that can get them out of certain moments and get them on uh, certain runs and things in general. So I think they're, they're a typical dark horse that can kind of uh, be a surprise, I guess, in the postseason. Yeah, I think they're a dark horse. I think they're one of those teams that unless they catch the absolute right bracket, and it's going to be difficult to do that because the Bucks and the Celtics should be waiting for them if they get through the first round. They are one of those teams that looks to me like a second-round team. They look like a team that needs – you know, to have a setback to be able to kind of move forward and then sort of decide what piece they need to add. You know, I, I think they're kind of the one wing away. We've talked about that a lot. Okura's okay, but I feel like they need something better there. We've seen Mitchell raise his game in the playoffs, so that's possible that he does it again. But it feels like Mobley and some of the others may need to go through a playoff series or two to get their feet set. So I'm going to stick with what you have there. I'm going to say Dark Horse. Let's go to the Philadelphia 76ers, also in the Eastern Conference. Contender, dark horse, pretender. Now, this is the one I think could be surprising, to be honest, because I think my idea of a contender is a little bit different. I think I'll have a shorter list. I think the 76ers are actually a dark horse. And that may sound wild just because of the fact that Embiid is literally could end up being the MVP. James Harden's playing at a really good level. You have Tyrese Maxey that's obviously uh, emerging as well and playing well, and they have decent role players around him. But I just think in terms of playoff success, we've seen this story before. I just think schematically there are just certain matchups that they can get you know, we talk about being out coached, but I just think they can just find ways to just uh, teams can find an edge against them in the postseason. It, it could be on either side of the floor, I guess, specifically defensively for other teams where they could kind of match up and throw certain things and force certain looks for them. And what it's like we've seen with, you know, even Miami got to the game seven, these are conference finals last year, but we saw what they did with PJ Tucker, where teams specifically Boston were just helping off of PJ Tucker and saying, yeah, we're not going to allow Jimmy and, and these guys to go crazy inside the lane. We're going to send a double and you're going to make PJ Tucker beat us. If, if PJ Tucker hits these shots consistently and, and you guys win, we'll live with that. And I think there's just certain guys on the team that they could do that against. Uh, and I know you're a big fan of James Harden in the postseason as well, but <laughs> as wild as they've, as good as they've been 45 and 22 uh, and they've been good post all-star break. I think I would honestly go with dark horse. See, the funny thing for me is, Well, it's not going to surprise you. I would be leaning more towards Dark Horse versus Pretender versus Dark Horse versus Contender. I just don't see it with Doc Rivers coaching this team in the playoffs. I don't. Um, I don't think the adjustments will be there. You know I don't trust Harden even though he's playing at a higher level. I'm going to say Dark Horse simply because of Embiid. But if I was to lean one way or the other, I would say that this is – I don't think they're getting out of the second round. I don't. I, I don't see them beating Boston. I don't see them beating Milwaukee. I think if you look at them, again, if they're going to be in the three seed, they're going to play a six. So probably get the Nets at this point. 
that's a that's a series that they should win for sure. But then I don't know, getting Boston in the next round, I think they go out in five, honestly. Um, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Dark Horse simply because Embiid is that good. Although I'm expecting some kind of an injury with Embiid in the playoffs because there always is one. But I'm gonna go with Dark Horse there. All right, let's switch out to the Western Conference now as we look go down the net ratings. We'll skip a couple of these because there's some teams I know are not contenders. The Memphis Grizzlies. Where do you have them? Well, this is almost like comparable to the Nets of last year because there's just so much that's more than basketball at the moment. But considering they have their full group, I would probably say I would probably say contenders, honestly. I think they can make a run because you look at the fact this has been a trend for a while because we saw this last year as well. They are not relying on their best player. Like we've seen time and time again that when John Morant goes out, this team can still win games. Like they have consistently done certain things and, and been that good. You look at right now, post all-star break, they're the second best defense of basketball post all-star break. And they haven't had John Morant. They can find, uh, I guess, identities on the fly. And I think that points to just good coaching. And that's why I give them the credit in general, but they have a, you know, a legit defensive uh, anchor in Jaron Jackson Jr. They have Desmond Bain who could get shot make around the whole floor. And they have just really solid role players where uh, I think that's the type of team and they have, <laughs> they definitely don't lack the confidence heading into a postseason, even though they don't have a ton of experience. I feel like they think they have experience. Uh, so I think I'd go contender. I'm going to go contender with an asterisk. I I think we're probably going to agree on most of these. I, I, I had them coming out of the West to start the season. So there's nothing about their play that's changed my view of that. Um, you look at them defensively, they're still pretty damn good. They're third uh, in net rating defensively. We know what Morant can provide, again, if his head's screwed on straight and also he's, he's not flying through the air and getting hurt. I, I think that when you look at their overall team, I feel like they're going to need, first thing, Bain to play really well in the playoffs, which you know we have to see it. Uh, he's one of those guys that's taken a jump this year. Uh, I think the Brandon Clark loss really hurts them in the postseason. Uh, you know, again, some of the distractions that they've dealt with this year, I don't trust Dylan Brooks uh, as a player. <laughs> you know, as we go forward here, it feels like he is a distraction in himself. So I'm between contender and dark horse here, but I'm going to stay with contender simply because as long as they have Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. playing at a high level, they didn't have him at the beginning of the season. And obviously, you know, defensively, there's some dispute about how effective he is, but uh, he's still pretty good. I'm going to say contender, but they're one of those teams that like, I could see them getting beat by somebody you don't expect them to get beat by. I, I just do. Like, mm -hmm. there's a cockiness about them that works both ways. I, I think it, it, they feed off of that kind of confidence, but also I think sometimes it makes them a little bit complacent because they think they're better than they are. I'm going to say contender, uh, but again, it's 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 on the borderline for me. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Nuggets. I think if you listen to Mike Malone right now, he'd tell you they're not a contender. They're not defend <laughs> defending of late. Um, that defensive rating has kicked up a little bit towards sort of the bottom half of the league lately. Uh, they have the guy who's likely going to be the MVP, three-time MVP. They're second in the NBA in offensive rating behind Sacramento. 
They have their guys healthy this year, which they didn't have last year. They have better role players than they had last year. I'm just going to start this here. To me, they're regardless of what Malone's saying now, I, just, I know he's trying to get them ready for the postseason. They, they've lapped the field in the West for most of the year. They're a contender. Yeah, I would agree. And I think the weird thing about the West when you're like kind of calling out contenders or whatever is the fact that you mentioned Memphis that could, they could like get beat by somebody that you wouldn't expect. The reason is like right now, let's say Dallas wins. Dallas is in the eighth seed and they win a playing game. Dallas would play Memphis in a two seven game if they won that first playoff with that playing game. So it's like any matchup you can look at here. Like I don't think anybody's safe where it's almost like there's so much parody that the, the first round matches are going to be incredible. Uh, so for the Nuggets, I would agree. Like it's their contender, but it's like <laughs> you're not really rewarded for a one seed. Let's just hypothetically say, because, you know, the plane is a thing and we can't just guess this in general, but right now Dallas is an eight seed. That is not an easy first round matchup for the Nuggets to just open the playoffs and have to play Luka and Kyrie Irving. Like that is just not an ideal state, but that's what the league is right now. And that's what the Western Conference is right now. But either way, this team obviously has the potential MVP. They're an elite def- uh, offense. They're not an elite defense. Uh, they're an elite offense. So we'll see how that looks and feels like. Specifically in the half court, they can make things work. But this is one of those other teams where they just there there's so much reliance on their role players. Where as good as Jokic is, and yes, he's the MVP, the the reason he has so much of his value is that he just makes his the players around him so much better. The question is, in a kind of shortened court in offense, when it looks like that, and you're kind of relying on certain guys to hit certain shots, will it always work out for you in the postseason? I'm not so sure, but I still think uh with the way they're playing right now, they have to be definite contenders. All right, let's go to the Eastern Conference again. The Milwaukee Bucks, um, huge winning streak this season. Some of the slippage is because Giannis uh, was out of the lineup here. 48-19 on the year. Their defensive rating is excellent. It's basically tied with with Cleveland right there with Memphis at the top of the league. Uh, they've added Ingles. I mean, they're a contender, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think you would probably see – defensively, they would probably be a lot higher if Giannis was fully healthy. Like, we obviously have seen him out certain games, uh, which is another team, by the way. I mentioned it with Memphis. Even not for this team not to have Giannis and have to work Middleton back into play and bring him off the bench certain games and do all of this and still be winning these games, uh, it, it really is a credit to them and to the structure they have roster-wise and defensively because even when they have those guys out, you still have Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez on the perimeter and interior that are just locking it down. But I think if Giannis was actually playing all these games – uh, there would be some separation, at least in the defensive rating metrics, because uh, this is a team that is just laid out perfectly. It feels like for defensively in the postseason, that has versatility that can run big lineups. They can run Giannis at the five and go smaller and quicker. They just have so much they can get to that. Uh, no question. It's the best record in basketball right now, I believe. So uh, they should definitely they're definitely contenders. Well, the best offensive rating in basketball is the Sacramento Kings. And this is held up now. They're 40 and 26. They're going to be over 500, which to me, that was the first marker this season. They've missed the playoffs for 15 years. Mike Brown, to me, is the slam dunk coach of the year. I don't even think, I mean, I I know, look, I know that what the Celtics have done will get some attention. Mike Malone should get some attention, but it's, it's Mike Brown. I mean, nobody was anticipating the Kings would be here I can't go above Dark Horse though, Brady, because we haven't seen them in the playoffs. Like I don't, I don't know what De'Aaron Fox is going to look like in the playoffs. Sabonis has not had an extended run in the playoffs. Uh, their depth in some areas concerns me a little bit. Their defense concerns me a little bit, even though that's been a Brown specialty over the course of his career. You know, they're 25th in the league in in defensive rating. I don't think they're a pretender because 
they, they they've held above water in this like, all these stars in the Western Conference, and they've won forty games so far this season. But I can't make them a contender. I'm going to have them as a as a dark horse. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I was going to say uh, it's a weird dynamic because they're almost like <laughs> like a humble version of the Grizzlies, where it's like mm-hmm. they have that certain confidence to them as well. Like where they walk in the building, it is they like have a certain swagger to them that they believe they could beat anybody. Uh, and their offense has shown that, and I feel like they have a decent structure considering the fact you just mentioned. I think they definitely have coach of the year. But then you look at the standings again, and I keep coming back to this. It's like. They do all of this. They're the best offensive basketball, like you mentioned, and they have all of this go right. And then you walk in the postseason in your first round matchups, the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> like, it's just a tough dynamic to just continue to run into. Like, that is just like what's happening in the Western Conference. And it's it's hard to say contender because you cannot walk into a first round matchup and, and you know, have a split decision of what can happen. Like, if you're a contender, your first round matchup is locked up, in my opinion. So, I think I would definitely say Dark Horse just because they're a team that can also just get hot at the right time. We've seen them get hot all year. Uh, so it's if their offense can continue and in a way that Fox and Sabonis are kind of battling offensively and they have this great addition kind of to the core and Monk that just keeps doing things uh, that if he's one of those players that a lot of teams have that player, like that kind of scoring young guy that can like win them a playoff game. They have that Malik Monk. And I don't know if, if relying on Malik Monk to win you a playoff game is a good formula, but it feels like that can be the case in certain games. So dark horse for sure. Yeah. And, and again, I think Kings fans may be like, well, wait a second. You're going to have other teams as contenders that, and I am going to have other teams as contenders that are below them in the standings, but it's just track record. It's track record. To me, it's track record of the stars. The, the playoffs, we talk about role players being better at home. The playoffs come down to how well the stars perform in the biggest moments. I, I don't know how Fox and Sabonis are going to perform in the biggest moments. So I'm going to put them down as a dark horse. The New York Knicks, 40 wins, nine-game winning streak, three-game losing streak. Then they win, finally, without Brunson. I'll let you start on this one. Man, I have a feeling <laughs> I have a feeling I know where you're going with this one, and I'm debating on going differently. But as good as they've played, we haven't said any pretenders. And I know this one <laughs> won't go too well, but I think I might even lean in that direction. Just because matchup-wise, I talked about certain matchups. Right now, they'd match up with the 76ers. I think that's a decent matchup for the Sixers. I think they can schematically outwork them in that way. Uh, and I think they're a great story. I think when the fact that if Brunson is healthy, I think they have a legit shot offensively in most games. But I just feel like there's too many variants uh, with their team that you just need. RJ Barrett's been playing well as of late, specifically with with coming, bumping up to that second option without Brunson. Uh, but I just feel like there's too many variants with that team because you don't know what you're getting on a certain night from so many guys where it feels like there's there's all these other teams that they're going to be facing. They have a legit guy that on a night-to-night basis, you know what you're getting. And you may say, well, Julius Randle's playing at that similar level because he's getting his numbers. But like in the postseason, when, when it's more half-court and there's things breaking down and kind of the shots are becoming tougher, I just have my question mark. So I honestly probably would lean pretenders. I'm going to surprise you. I, I think they're a dark horse. Um, plus, I want to disagree with you about something. <laughs> I the, the the reason I think they're a dark horse is Brunson. Uh, I, Randall has been great. There's no question. We saw it here in Miami. We saw it again uh, last night against the Lakers. But I can't get it out of my head what happened in the postseason the last time he was in the postseason. That that you know they made him very one dimensional and, and kind of took him out of it. And that was not a great team that they were playing either. That was the Hawks. But I'm going to say dark horse because Brunson. I I just think you need great point guard play in the postseason, and I think he'll give it to them. And I look at the matchups, I, again, you look, you're going to have 
everybody's going to bump up against the, the Bucks or the Celtics, and they're not going to beat the Bucks or the Celtics. But I, I, I think, look, if they got in a 4-5 series with Philadelphia, I think it is winnable for them. Um, I give Tibbs the edge over Rivers in a playoff series. You look at a, a series against Cleveland, there's a lot of inexperience on that Cleveland roster. I know Mitchell's obviously going to want to play well against the Knicks, in addition, obviously, wanting to play well against the playoffs in the playoffs, but I I think that the Knicks can compete with them. I'm going to say Dark Horse is sort of on the border there, but I, but that's that's where I'm going to go with it. Most people are going to be surprised I said that. Then they're going to say, that, well, you were a Knicks fan way back, but I pretty much spent the last 20 years making fun of them. All right, the Suns. I think they're a contender. I think they're a contender, Brady, but I, I know it's weird to say that. Like, mm-hmm. they're, 30, they're 37 and 30. We don't know exactly what they're going to look like as a unit because we haven't really seen it that long. I mean, we couldn't even – Durant was supposed to play in the home in his first home game, and it didn't happen. But it, the talent is overwhelming. Like, it's just it's, – it's overwhelming with their core group, and they've protected themselves from the inevitable Chris Paul injury now. I, I – as long as they have Durant, they're – I mean, I, I look at the rest of the West. Like, even the teams we've talked about, could they beat – could Durant carry them to a win? Booker carry them to win against the Grizzlies? Yes. I mean, the Grizzlies lose a home game. The world's going to collapse. The Nuggets, again, as as much as I love the, the composition of that team, they've never gotten to a finals. KD has. I think they're a contender. Yeah, I think they definitely have to be. Like you said, they're just overwhelming talent. There's no way you can deny a team that has Kevin Durant in general. But then you add in the fact of Devin Booker. Uh, Chris Paul's been playing a little better as of late. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's been playing well. Like, and, and their role players have actually been solid, even while they had to give up so much uh, kind of other solid role players to get Katie in the first place. But yeah, definitely contender. I was looking, I keep looking at these matchups because they're just so intriguing to me. The fact that the first round is such a bloodbath. Like it's just, there's just so much of these crazy matchups. You could get a, a Suns Warriors first round matchup. You could get a Suns Clippers first round matchup, which is tough on the Suns part to say that they have to go through that in the first round. But it's like, I keep saying that's everybody, every team in this league has to do that. So definite contenders that if Katie is healthy, which uh, I think the news today was that he's going to be returning in about two to three weeks, which is good news for him. Definite contenders in the West. Let's go to a couple of others here. I'm going to go down the list here a little bit. I'm going to let you just rapid fire these, okay? Because I'm going next in net rating before we get to some teams that might actually be contenders. Thunder, obviously pretender, right? Yeah. Nets, would you even go to Dark Horse with them? I wouldn't. I think I would definitely I would go pretender. Yeah, I would too. I, I, I think they've set the stage for themselves to be really good over the next couple of years. Cause I, I, sure. I, I think they have a lot of role players they can keep and a lot that they can flip and, and sort of put together packages to, to get another star. But right now, even with Mikel Bridges uh, ascension, uh, I, I wouldn't put them there. The bulls pretender. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how their net ratings higher than some of these others when they're 31 and 36, but I, they're a pretender to me. Uh, the, the Pelicans, if they were fully healthy, I might say dark horse, but they're never going to be fully healthy, right? Right. I think you could – honestly, I may make the case for a dark horse just because – just for the health factor, if they could get healthy. But it's just so tough to do that. But if they could break in – for one, we could say – we're saying dark horse and they could have not making the play-in. Like right now, they're, they're right. on the outside looking in. So that's what's wild about saying dark horse. But if they're healthy heading into a play-in and they can make some noise and then all of a sudden they're in a kind of a fun first-round matchup, let's say with Memphis or, or something like that, I think they could make us not a – contending run but i think they can make a decent dark horse run yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say pretender even though i i I like what they did in the postseason last year all right here's the two most interesting ones left the warriors and the mavericks who between them are 69 and 67 as we speak 
and have net ratings of 0.5, positive 0.5, and positive 0.4, under any other circumstances, we would call them pretenders, right? Are you willing mm-hmm. to go higher for either of them? I would go higher, and this they this team has had problems, specific problems schematically all year, but I think I would definitely go higher specifically for the Warriors. Like that, That's my first thought, because I just think, I don't think any team wants to play them, as, as well as it sounds. They've had major point of attack issues. They've had depth issues. Uh, I think the fact of whatever, you know, they've had, know, they've had road issues, Brady, like they are ma- major road issues and it, right. <laughs> majority of their games are going to be on the road. So it's like, but I still think Steph Curry, the fact of, I think there's a looming idea of, you know, I know there was some personal stuff going on with Andrew Wiggins, but if they could potentially get him back at some point, that would obviously change some things. But obviously they're not thinking of the basketball side with that right now. I think there definitely should be in the dark horse, at least category. I don't know if, I don't know if you were thinking pretender for them, but I think, Minimum, yeah. I would think, dark horse for the Warriors. Yeah, I have them as a dark horse also just because of pedigree. If you can get them all on the floor in the playoffs at the same time. And, I mean, the, the fact that there's no dominant group team in the West means that the home court should not mean that much, except it seems to against Golden State. Okay, but then when you get to the postseason, it should mean less because they've been in all those environments before. I don't, again, it's, this is the same thing I talk about with the Suns. I just don't see a team at the top of the West – then I'm like, okay, that team, there's no way you can get one of the first two games in their building. Like, I I don't say that about the Nuggets, even though those are great environments. I don't say that about the Nuggets. I don't say that about the Grizzlies. I certainly don't say that about the Kings, even though that's a great environment this year. Like, would anybody be surprised if the Warriors went into Sacramento? Let's just say that that, and we have no idea how the West is going to shake out right now, because like you said, you could drop from 6 to 13 in a heartbeat, okay? (laughs) But, But let's just say that you end up going... I mean, is there anybody who would be stunned if Steph Curry goes in and wins two games in Sacramento to start a playoff series? I wouldn't, you know? So, so, I mean, the reality is a Warriors-King series, as long as the Warriors had most of their pieces, the Warriors would be favored in Vegas Mm -hmm. as the road team. The Suns would be favored in Vegas. We'll get to the Mavericks in a second. So... I have to put them as a dark horse. I mean, they're not a contender, even though they won a championship. Most teams that won championships are contenders the next season. I don't think they are because the road issues, because the bench issues, because of some of the youth and experience off their bench. They didn't really fortify it enough. Um, and obviously, you know, with Steph's health, you just never know. And then Clay's health, you just never know. And then, like you mentioned, the stuff they're dealing with with Wiggins. But I have them as a dark horse. I, I think the more interesting one is Dallas. Because mm-hmm. any team with Luka in particular, but Kyrie should be at minimum a dark horse. But I, it doesn't seem to fit. I think they're a pretender. I, you've got you've got Jason Kidd talking about why he's not playing Christian Wood in any lineups when that team has no depth. Could you go to dark horse for them? I think I would just for the similar reasoning of Luka and Kyrie and the fact that there's just certain matchups that I don't think you could count them out of. Like you were just talking about them, certain teams not being, <laughs> you couldn't picture them like winning 2-0 at home. Dallas is one of those teams that could go into one of those buildings and I think win a game just behind a big Luka game or big Kyrie game. But to your point, the the reason why it's weird is I don't think it's the greatest fit. The only reason what makes this positive is uh, specifically down here in Miami, we always talk about the non-Jimmy, non-Bam minutes and they've kind of at least figured it out to the extent that Luca has his lineups. Kyrie has his lineups. At least you have one of them on the floor at all times. And it's just tough to deal with as a defense because you never have a break. Like you just never have downtime in general from two elite offensive talents. So that from that perspective, it's positive. I know in the playoffs, you have an uptick in minutes. So that's more positive. But is an uptick in minutes for this team specifically extremely positive considering the fact that these, these players are having to sacrifice on the court because it's not the greatest, you know, puzzle piece fit? 
Like that is the question, I guess. But I think there's still, I don't think I could go the pretender route just because of the, the matchups and the idea of who they have on this roster. It's just, it is insane to say a team with Luca and Kyrie is a pretender, but, <laughs> and I, I do say it is about the stars. And I, I had Luca as my preseason MVP. And it's not like he's done anything to dissuade you from thinking he's at that level. And we've seen what he can do in the playoffs, in big games. They don't, it doesn't seem to affect him very much even as you get to the end of the season where conditioning should be a factor for him. And we do know that Kyrie has made huge shots in the postseason, but I don't know. There's just there's something off with that team right now, and I, I guess I need to put the Warriors at a step ahead of them. Um, I'm going to say pretender on them. All right, let's go through some of these other ones quickly because there's still – I mean, the crazy thing about this, Brady, is there are teams that we just wiped out. Again, I'm going through net ratings, and we just said, no, there, there's no chance. The Thunder, the Bulls, obviously the Nets – you know, the, even the Pelicans to a degree, you know, there's no chance of any of those teams. And now we're getting like into the teen, the late teens in terms of net rating. And and we're going to find some teams that may have a better chance. That's how strange a season this has been. Mm-hmm. The Jazz pretenders, right? Even before they traded three players to the Lakers, right? Pretenders, right? Pretender. Even though when we're recording this, they'll probably go into Miami and win tonight. So. Oh, no, they will. They will. We'll get to Miami in a second. We haven't, and this is how far down the list we got to go to to get to Miami. <laughs> yeah. Check out check out five on the floor if you want to hear me scream about that. Toronto, pretender, right? Pretenders. Although, again, getting to the play-in, I wouldn't like Miami's chances against them in a the play-in. Atlanta, pretender, right? Yeah, pretender. Okay, so what do we do with the Clippers? Because they're 19th in net rating. They're essentially flatlined. They're 36 and 33 on the season. We never know who's going to be healthy. Can you go to Dark Horse with them? I feel like the fact to mirror some of the stuff I said before, I don't think you could put Dallas and the Warriors in that category and not the Clippers. But I have, I will, I don't think I could go the pretender route, but I just, I don't have as much confidence in the Clippers that I have in these other teams. And it's wild because I think before the season, that was, that was my, one of my teams that I thought could get out the West. So they were in my contender route. So the fact that they're dropping this far is wild, but uh, they have the depth. And they have Kawhi that is, I think, very underrated going completely. Like, it feels like going under the radar with the level that he's playing at right now. Like, Kawhi Leonard mm-hmm. is playing at an incredible level right now. So, there's just certain guys in this league that you, I don't think you could put. That's why the same thing with Luka. You cannot put in pretender just because they can just go on these type of runs. And I think Kawhi's a little bit tougher at this stage. But even though we say that, he's doing it right now. And he's kind of entering that mode. So, uh, I think I would he would be on the bottom tier of my dark horse. The other reason I want to put them at Dark Horse over Dallas is because I just trust Ty Lue more than Jason Kidd as a coach overall. I, I I think we've seen Ty Lue do more with less in the playoffs, and there's plenty of talent on this team. It's just getting it all healthy and cohesive at the same time. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Dark Horse, and then Russ is gonna make me regret that in the playoffs. Um, Minnesota pretender for me. I would agree. There's too many question marks with that team, especially with the direction. Obviously, they traded Mike Conley to kind of settle the team, possibly, for Russell. There's the Towns question mark. Obviously, Anthony Edwards is something, you know, a force to be reckoned with in any capacity. And then there's obviously, I know there's the narrative about Gobert in the playoffs, and we'll see how that matchup kind of breaks for them because let's just say – Right now, they're the seventh seed. Let's just, this is not, once again, this is not how this is going to work out, but let's just say they face the number two seed in Memphis. They could go into those lineups of Jaron at the five, and that makes things tough. As much mm-hmm. as those are two defensive anchors, it's, it's in two totally different ways. So I, I would have to go pretenders for them. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. All right. So we're going to go further down the list here. The Lakers, 21st in net rating. They haven't had LeBron. AD is rounding into shape right now. They've added three really nice pieces, all of whom have seemed to have fit, fit pretty well 
actually. Vanderbilt, Beasley, uh, and Russell. I have him as a I'm, – I'm going to give LeBron the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to say dark horse, and I know it's crazy because I had him out of the play-in entirely. But, again, LeBron can go into Memphis or Denver as long as he has some shooting around him. And Sacramento, would it surprise you if the Lakers somehow – they could bump up as high as six – Let's say they get out of the play-in or they get to six and they win a game or two against Sacramento on the road. Like, I have to have them as a dark horse. Yeah, I would agree. I was honestly thinking, honestly, pretender at first, but it's the fact that I think they have a, you know, the play-in is weird because it's a one-game sample size in general, but I think they will have a decent time in the play-in to at least get into the postseason if things break right for them. But also, they have the same record as the 11-seed Pelicans and the 12-seed Thunder. So, like, can they be a dark horse if they may not make the playoffs and play in general? I don't know. But to, it's just the fact that you just keep thinking about the if LeBron and AD are healthy heading into that with the role players all healthy as well, they can win a few games. Is a dark horse considered a team that can win a few games against a one or two seed? Maybe that's where things get a little weird. But still, I think I don't know if it, it, it could be more than a few games, honestly, with if LeBron is healthy. That's just how the dynamic is working. And look, they've as weird as their record has been and it's been up and down because they just lost to the Knicks. But they've been playing at a decent level behind AD. Like he's kind of been an engine to them. Mm-hmm. But, if, but it, there's also the dynamic, and I know you've talked about this a lot with a lot of different guys. But are you going to bet on a dark horse that is AD going to be healthy for through the seven game series in the postseason? Like even that first round, I'm not sure. But if we're considering health, which we have been for most of these teams, I think I w- they would be around the Clippers range. Uh, or that sounds disrespectful. Uh, I mean, around like the bottom end of my my dark horses. Well, the funny thing is they can't beat the Clippers at all. Um, so hopefully they don't face the Clippers. I, it's just my perspective on this changed with that trade. I, I just think that that trade, when LeBron likes his team, it changes the way that he plays. Um, it energizes him when he thinks he has a chance. And this injury is obviously is a setback, but the fact that AD has stayed on the floor – and I just I, I like I like the pieces they added. I really like the Vanderbilt piece. I, I Russell is a better fit for them than Westbrook, and Beasley will make some shots for them uh, when it matters. I believe so. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that they, they are a dark horse right now, which is not something I would have said before. The Wizards are a pretender. Let's get to the last one on the list here because you and I have to address it. 23rd in net rating, minus one. Jimmy Butler's walking off the court early. Can we just end the podcast this way? The Miami Heat are a pretender this season, right? Yeah, and it feels weird because I'll say first off, I always feel weird saying Jimmy Butler is on a team with a pretender at this stage of his career just because I feel like he always has a fighting chance against anybody. But the the cast around him is just going south so quickly that it makes it tough. And here's my final point that I think closes it all off. Any playing team in the East, it's a pretender. So whichever way things are falling – there's, there, we, we've had this full discussion this entire podcast about like going into Denver, going into Memphis. You are not going into Boston or Milwaukee after fighting off a play-in and, and beating either team, in my opinion, especially with the teams that are in that range right now. So uh, I would definitely lean pretender for that reason. The only reason that would make you think twice is because Jimmy Butler is that good right now. Like that is how good Jimmy Butler is to make you think twice. But even with that, I don't think we're really even thinking twice. This is why Jimmy Butler walked off the court the other night because he knows they're a pretender. And, you know, I, I just think that we have we have been waiting for a five-game winning streak from them the whole year to reassert themselves to where they were last year. We've been waiting for progression to the mean with their shooting to where it was last year. We were waiting for the trade deadline. Didn't happen. We're waiting for the buyout deadline. Kevin Love has not really helped. That's what they are. There are just certain seasons where you're a pretender, and you're right. They have to get to the six. 
to make this interesting, which means they'd have to go on this crazy run here at the end of the year. And then Jimmy locks in for Philadelphia, team he's locked in for before. You pull the upset, and then what? Then you get Boston? Pretender. All right. They won't like that very much in Miami. Thanks to Brady. Check it out, Brady Hawk 305. I'm at Ethan J. Skolnick and at Five Reason Sports. Thanks to the crew over at Fansided. Make sure to check out all of their content, and you'll hear from us a little bit more often. We are probably pretenders here, but we'll do our best. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.